with authority. Aloha. Welcome to the most muscles and podcast in various sports. Welcome to ABC7 Sports with authority. I'm Casey Pratt. That's Larry Beal. You're inside the ABC7 Sports Department. We have a big show today. <laughs> we have so much Huge to talk show. about. What is the next big concern for the Warriors? And it's not KD tweeting Chris Broussard. <laughs> I hope not. We thought it was his calf. His fingers are working just fine. Who is the real team of destiny, Casey Pratt? Mm. Senior sports producer made a proclamation, an announcement that did not go as expected. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We'll tell you what that means and why you may someday go out to the veggie garden at Oracle Park to oh, greet your no. old Uncle Ned. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean Ned Stark, no. but we'll talk about the ending of the Game of Thrones, which some... It was it was underwhelming. I'll just say that. It's, we may disagree. We'll endings see. are hard, no matter how they come about. It's no not matter, easy to stick the in, re, in real life, yeah. <laughs> endings are hard. <laughs> goodbyes are hard. And... The end of a series, whether it's Game of Thrones or Sopranos or whatever, Mission Impossible, whatever it is, it, it's hard. It's hard. Life is hard. Get used to it. Speaking of which, well, life is easy actually right now for the Warriors. We're right. This is the calm before the storm. Absolutely. A nice nine-day layoff. They sweep the Blazers. I mean, I, I still think back to the panic that uh, was ensuing when KD got hurt against the Rockets in Game Five. Now here they are. Just resting up, getting ready. We'll talk about what their next area of concern is. But I know you are passionate about Very what upset. is going on with the Warriors in terms of what everybody's talking about. Yeah. I think right now we are being treated to something that we may never experience again for the rest of our lives. And I'm talking about an unprecedented run from an NBA team that is reaching levels that were previously seen many, many years ago when there were far less teams, right? You're talking about the Celtics yes. of the 60s, were over 50 years ago. Exactly. And also, the, the deal was different then. I think you had only eight teams. Yeah. Free agency didn't exist, so what Boston was able to do was stack the roster with all the best guys, and then you just keep bringing the best guys back every year. It wasn't like... I, you know, Bill Russell was going to jump to the 76ers. That, that was not an option at that point. Yeah, so for less teams... And it was much easier to do it. Now, we are looking at something that is a once-in-a-generation type of situation. If you grew up and you watched and endured the suffering of the Golden State Warriors, who, man, for a long time, they did absolutely nothing. We are right now being treated to an era of basketball, beautiful basketball, that we may never see again. It's spectacular. And what are we talking about right now? Not that. Not that at all. What, what are, are we talking, talking about, about right now? We're Where, talking about... Where's KD going? Where's KD going? What's he doing? Chris Broussard said this is KD's nightmare. This. The Warriors going to winning the, the championship. Well, no, he said the Warriors winning yeah. the championship without KD, who's trying to come back from a cast. This is injury. a nightmare. This isn't a nightmare. KD said it himself. No, KD with a blown-out Achilles... Attendant. That would be a nightmare. That would be a nightmare. That would be the nightmare. Winning while he's resting up and getting healed up for the finals, that's not a nightmare. We had Byron Scott on ESPN say KD's 100% leaving. 
We had Bill Simmons on his amazing podcast saying that Draymond Green's effort and Stephen Curry's success in the series without KD is essentially a slap in the face to him? Are you serious? Can we just enjoy what's happening right now? Well, the notion that as Draymond Green is pushing the ball up the court at a frantic pace, that he's thinking in the back of his mind, I'm going to do this to get back at KD. It's It's preposterous. It's it's laughable. But people have to... Fill shows and 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 come up with content and stuff. So I understand where you know most of that is coming from and why it's generated, but it's kind of laughable when you think about the big picture. Like when these guys are out on the court, they are just trying to win. They're just mm-hmm. trying to summon the energy. And you know everybody ran the highlight. We did too of Steph running around and around on one set where poor Damian Lillard is trying to track him from the left side of the court to the right side of the court, and he's running him through screens. It's like he's going through a maze and picks, and Steph ends up getting the ball on the left wing at pump fake. Lillard is trying to defend, and naturally Steph hits a three. But the the mileage actually is that Steph averages 2.6 miles per game running in the regular season, just with all the motion, and I bet you it's over three miles per game given the absence of Durant because the offense has more motion involved now, and it's just the playoffs and there's more going on. But that's a a crazy – you have to be in crazy shape to do it and arguably in even better shape to defend and if you're Damian Lillard to try to score on your end when mm-hmm. when you're clearly exhausted. Yeah, so having Durant is obviously great for the Warriors. They can lean on him. They don't have to run three to four miles a game. And it's something that they can help when they're trying to sustain an entire 82-game season. Right now we're seeing them sprinting toward the finish line because they can, and they know they had that rest around the corner. And so, obviously, they want KD back. Every move they make isn't something that is going to be psychoanalyzed by every analyst about whether or not this means this or that with KD or his decisions. I mean, could we just enjoy the moment? Can we just live in the present? Can we just watch this dynasty and not have to think about next year or when it's going to end? Well, I would love to, but you have all these media outlets that, again— you know they've got to fill their two hours every morning or the radio shows but this really is the golden age of golden state warriors basketball it may never get better than a team going to the finals for five consecutive years consider this statistic here okay because you know older warriors fans will remember the suffering from 1997 98 that season to 0102 the warriors went five consecutive years without winning more than 21 games in any of those seasons. Let me let me take us for a stroll down memory lane. Context is important, people. Do you remember the Bimbo Coles Warriors, the Todd Fuller Warriors, <laughs> the Mookie Blaylock Warriors, the Eric Dampier Warriors? That's what we saw frequently. Chris Mills who was involved in an incident with a gun after a game at the arena. Joe Smith, when they had the number one pick, and it was Joe Smith who was the number one pick available. And our own beloved... The great... Donald Foyle, (laughs) AF! AF was on those teams. So, I mean, you want to talk about 
We had we had coaches being choked. We had with no Spree was on uh, on the team <laughs> as well. I think he was a rookie in that, that last year that I was talking about. But yeah, they, they. I mean, it was it was a dumpster fire. Yeah. And now we're talking about luxury. Except we're not talking about luxury. <laughs> know, we're talking about disaster. It may end. It may all end. <laughs> uh, but uh, the thing with everybody chatting about this is that. There's been so much leaked yeah. about the Knicks, and you know the Knicks have done some of it. Whether it's Katie's people, or Rich Kleiman, his agent, who denied it mm-hmm. at an event this week, said he's undecided. Put completely. on by the Wall Street Journal. There's so much kind of anecdotal chirping going on that usually where there's some smoke, there's fire. Yeah, and so that's what everybody's reacting to. And it's part of the reason why Draymond and KD had that dust-up back in November at the Staples Center because the Warriors were clearly cognizant of what was on his mind. So we'll see. Who knows what happens once the champagne is coming down and you're celebrating with your guys and you realize what an amazing journey it has been again Mm -hmm. if they do it for three consecutive years. So we'll see. You know, nobody will be surprised if he were to leave, whether it's I, you know, Clippers might be the more interesting destination, certainly a more dangerous one from a Warriors standpoint. Who knows what... I mean, the Knicks are such a bad organization. Why you would seek that out, I don't know. But we got to enjoy what the finals will bring because if he leaves, who knows how they fill in because they can't just replace his $30, 35000000 million yeah. with another player of equal value because of cap concerns. It's not allowed. So they'd have to fill in on the fringes. But the bench has done a great job that we did not expect not to see. Not at all. They Guys, turned it on. Yeah. Everyone stepped up. Uh, and even Steve Kerr admitted, well, I probably probably kind of screwed this up against Houston because I should have been playing some of these guys. I mean, Jordan Bell has been dusted off. He makes some mistakes. He misses a dunk. But he also provides some tremendous athleticism. Quinn Cook has hit some threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonas Jerebko, Alfonso McKinney, they've all made their McKinney's contributions. Nice. I mean, he's. I mean, the other night he had only two rebounds. They were both offensive rebounds, and they were both key Huge. In, uh, in overtime. So there's that. But here's, while we plea and plead for everybody to enjoy the moment. Just because, be satisfied with what you're seeing right now. Because you may not you see may it. You may never see it again. Again. Here's the concern, because Steve Kerr, you want to talk about a roller coaster ride of a season in terms of all that has gone on in front of the camera and behind the scenes. Just imagine trying to put out every fire that's come up yeah. this season yeah. in terms of, of the strife, the internal struggle. Well, now he has the luxury. I mean, you want to talk about a grand problem to have. He's got to try to figure out, assuming they're all healthy, how to get Kevin Durant and Boogie Cousins and oh, Andre Iguodala, you know, was around. Yeah, incorporated back into his minutes. You only have so many minutes in a game, forty-eight minutes. So how are you going to integrate KD, who likes to play the ISO you throw style? Throw him right in. You start him. You let him do it. Oh, KD well, does. of course, That's of it. course. But I think it's imperative. Boogie's for, the bigger challenge, right? Well, yeah, because he cannot play at the pace. Assuming you just tell Draymond, whatever you've been doing, keep doing this. You get the rebound. Go! Mm-hmm. It reminds me really of the Showtime Lakers. Magic Johnson would get the ball and he would just be flying up the court. It puts so much stress on the defense. And so we'll see if, if they do that. Or, you know, a lot of times, uh, especially when, when Steph's uh, hand was injured initially, KD was bringing the ball up and he yeah. was walking it up. So 
How do you balance that out? And if Boogie is back, is he at the three-point line? Are you putting him down low in the post? Are you trying to work? I mean, they have three different offenses they can run. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Now the question is, can you blend it all together without guys getting frustrated? And, and we'll see how that works out. But that's, that's a nice problem to have for Steve Kerr as opposed to, I got really six guys that I'm confident in. I got a half guy that I might play. Uh, and the rest of you guys. Uh, uh, so know, this is, this is much this better. All this sounds like a nightmare to me and Kevin Durant. <laughs> a nightmare. I'm just kidding. No, this is a great problem to have, and this is why you have the coaching staff that you do there. These guys are the best at figuring out these situations, adapting, and making them work. And Steve Kerr, really, I mean, an amazing coach, but maybe more so an amazing manager of people. Well, I mean, this is what it is right Psychology now. is yeah. a huge part of coaching, I think. Look, in the NBA, everybody knows what plays to draw up, and everybody steals each other's plays anyway on, like, you know, ATOs after timeouts, the inbound plays. Steve has some creative ones. Other coaches do as well. But it's really how you manage the egos and the minutes and what do guys do. You know, one guy will go into the tank if he doesn't play or if he doesn't mm -hmm. get touches. And so managing all of that when everybody's a multimillionaire and, the, the, you know, their personal – net worth is more than some small countries yeah. <laughs> and and having to manage all of that behind the scenes with you know there's all kinds of stuff going on well, well speaking of that too what you don't see and you often only think of is like the superstars and how they handle their roles think about what they had to do behind the scenes to keep the guys like alfonso mckinney and and jarebko and even damian jones coming back i mean the way that they've had to handle those guys in a way that they could then insert them into this playoff series and have them be in a position to be successful. We're not really seeing or talking a lot about that, but that's mastery. Well, how about Jordan Bell? Jordan Bell, absolutely. Jordan Bell, I mean, this is a guy when, and I've told this story before, when I first saw him in China on the preseason tour a couple of years ago, he was just astounding with his athleticism and just looked like a natural and you know I, I said to Steve at the time you're gonna have a Jordan Bell problem because you're not gonna have enough minutes to, to play him and, well he had a Jordan <laughs> Bell problem but Jordan it was Bell zero problem. minutes because that he wanted to play him and uh, and see and you know then you have the whole situation where he's charging things to Mike Brown's uh, candle, hotel bill allegedly. yeah the candle and yeah. I mean just nonsense stupid stuff off the court and he basically was on ice for two months and then to just throw him out into a playoff series, and yeah. and then he performs, looks great, which I mean, is sands the weird uh, dunk. But then now he's doing him all two handed. Yeah, he uh, learned uh, his uh, lesson. Uh, I I always thought when I went up for a dunk, it should always be with yeah, two I hands. Always dunk with because, two hands because uh, you know, well, because yeah, I have a hard time palming. Well, the ball. before we move on to, how about Draymond when that happened? Did you see that clip mic'd up? Yeah, it was great. Where he was I encouraging mean, him, saying everybody misses. Yeah, he's shots. like, I miss shots. Steph's missing shots. Clay misses shots. Like, don't worry, just get back yes. after. I mean, yeah. that's and, the team. And Jarebko right misses now. almost every shot. Oh, oh. Well, no, he didn't say that. Whoa, Whoa. shots fired. Whoa. Anyway, one thing we we have to touch on before we move on, the difference between the ability to play like this, and Draymond has talked about sixteen game players versus eighty two game players. And if Durant does leave, well, here I am I'm talking about. Here I'm, we go. I, I'm going against Nightmare. your whole philosophy of this podcast. You need 16 games. There's some guys who are just clutch in the playoffs and you can trust. And the yeah. Warriors, obviously, battle-tested year after year. And now this is year five. They're in the finals. So they know what to expect. And they know how to perform. And they know how to get ready. Mm -hmm. Case in point, Draymond losing over 20 pounds just to get ready. Gave up... Uh, 
the flaming hot Cheetos, which had to be up. You know, uh, <laughs> I know. was a I was a big have sacrifice of time for Cheetos after the championships won. Eighty two game players. There's some guys that look great in the regular season, but they really can't perform or don't perform up to expectations. So, the tricky part going forward is. We've seen all that Steph and Clay and Draymond can do in the, the 2015 flashback and how good they can be. But the amount of energy they are currently expending is not sustainable in an 82-game season. So in a Durantless environment, you can't expect these guys to run themselves into the ground. So next year they may have, you know, who knows who they bring in, but it may just be 52 wins or 54 because they don't want you don't want to burn out Andre Iguodala in a regular season game in January it yeah. just doesn't matter no, that it much doesn't make any sense. I think the one challenge for the league actually is the regular season almost does not matter to the best teams they're saving themselves yeah. for April May June and 16 you know, games for the 16 games for the, the 16 important games yeah. if you're Milwaukee and you you haven't done this since like Don Nelson was coaching or Kareem was your center mm-hmm. it's important to win 60 plus games in the regular season if you're Toronto and you lose every year you get swept by LeBron every year now he's gone you have a chance but the regular season is important for the Warriors it's it's well your favorite trait it's load management load baby management, it's it's baby. all about that so there's a big difference, and the Warriors clearly have the best assembly of 16-game players, perhaps, that we've seen since Jordan's Bulls. Yeah, so I think you're right. It is absolutely not sustainable to play the way that we've seen them play without Kevin Durant for an entire 82-game season. Actually, we really saw what happened when they did burn themselves out during the regular season when they went for the NBA 73 record. Yeah, they you ended know, up losing in the finals. They ended up losing the finals. Now, obviously, there were some circumstances that happened with the suspension of Draymond or, or Curry's knee not being right. And Bogut got hurt as Bogut well. Bogut got hurt too. But, you know, a lot of that too could be because you press so hard to get that record, the 73 wins. So I think that what they absolutely need to do is is go all out. But what you're seeing right now isn't necessarily a preview of what the Warriors would truly be without Kevin Durant. I, I think there are glimpses of it, but they would have to, again, Steve Kerr would have to manage it in a way so yes. that it was sustainable. It might result in fewer regular season wins. But a fresh look. What we're seeing right now is a Warriors team that can beat pretty much anybody on any given night, no matter who they're. You know, they beat the Rockets. The you know Rockets finished the season so strong, and you know we'll, we'll see. They, they they obviously would have other roster moves to make, but it feels to me like given all that they've been through, the Warriors are a team of destiny right now. <laughs> I wouldn't know you? Where wouldn't you're you going don't you like this. the sound of uh, team, team of, of destiny. destiny? Doesn't that sounds wait, really wait, nice? That sounds familiar. What team? Where have I heard that phrase before <laughs> recently, Casey? Can you? Can you remember? Do you have the shame bell? Ding ding. Shame. 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 Are yeah. you going to do the walk that uh, I should uh, Cersei do? The walk did? of atonement. You're going to uh, walk right. naked through the newsroom like Cersei did. So I had crowned on this very podcast the San Jose Sharks, the team of destiny, and that's what Larry's talking about. I said that when Joe Pavelski took that puck to the face and a win in the net, and they won Game One, and then they came back and they win that big Game Seven against the Vegas Golden Knights, I said I had no doubt in my mind the Sharks were going all the way this year. Finally. How'd that work out? That did not go very well. well. They got beat up. They they were physically. I can't, I can't control the injuries. <laughs> I can't control the injuries. Everyone got hurt. If you're a team of destiny, uh, <laughs> isn't that supposed to overcome all I the mean, injuries? I mean, when we had that that hand that hand. The Timo Meyer, yeah, yeah. The, and over the hand of God, Timo Meyer. It started looking like all right. You know, I am right here. Things like that breaking the sharks' way. 
that seemed to never break the Sharks' way kept happening. And they got their captain back, and he was fresh, and they, they got past the avalanche, even without Pavelski most of the time. They kept surviving the elimination games. They survived four of them, and then everybody got hurt. So, unfortunately, we have to eulogize the Sharks' season. They are not the team of destiny. I am wrong. Rarely happens. Rarely happens <laughs> well, that I'm wrong. We could ask your family members that they might will, they will disagree you, with that assessment. Yeah, they will but probably disagree. Here's the challenge for the Sharks now, because you had Don't Carlson. Say it's over. Carlson, no, Carlson was hurt. Pavelski got hurt. Hurdle yeah. got hurt. Everybody was banged up, so they they ran out of gas in Game Six. But Joe Thornton, Jumbo Joe, I'm going to get up close here on the camera for YouTube. Larry's holding up a Jumbo Joe Thornton Chia Pet that we have yet to grow. We will sprout this thing. Are we going to do that? That may be a little foreshadowing for later in the show. Uh, that is certainly a, <laughs> a similarity to another story we're going to have. But uh, I don't know that we're going to see the Jumbo Joe Chia or the real Jumbo Joe in Teal anymore because he's coming up on 40 years old. Yeah, He's been with the Sharks for 14 seasons. Before that, the Bruins. And you have to wonder how many times you can say, one more year. I mean, we're going to get over the top next year. And yeah. look at the list of free agents. Uh, Thornton's a free agent. Uh, Joe Pavelski is the captain. You have to assume that they're going to work out a deal with with the captain. Carlson injured so much of the year. And we never they, got uh, to see the real Eric Carlson. No, and, and that what seven or eight million dollars a year. I don't know that I they want to see back. the uh, uh, Gustav Nyquist. Jonas Donskoy, Timo Myers is a restricted free agent, but they don't have first round draft picks for the next couple of years and so (sighs) we're at a crossroads we're at a crossroads for sure with the san jose sharks and they just can't quite get over the hump and every year they really have to make the hard decision do they want to go push all the chips back in again do they want to try to chase that elusive stanley cup or do they want to rebuild this thing and i think that that's the crossroad we're at and maybe a lot of that decision-making starts with Jumbo Joe Thornton, who is currently undecided on his future, but... Well, it's too early. I mean, it's still fresh. It's fresh, yeah. And I'm sure he's banged up. The question is, when you get to 40 years old, how much do you want to put your body through? Especially if... He's in incredible shape, though. Yeah, yeah, clearly. But, you know, are are you playing at that point because you love the sport or because you think okay next year we're finally going to get this done uh, and and the question mark for the for the sharks will be well, we we did this on an earlier pod looking at their payroll they had a top five payroll over 80 million dollars and if the payroll is significantly reduced you have to think that your chances of getting to the finals will likely be reduced if you say okay we're going to go youth movement we'll try mm-hmm. to you know blend these guys together some of the old some of the new you know, what are your realistic chances? And at that point, are you just playing to try to get the cup? Because the odds are slim that you're going to achieve that. But that's the ultimate goal. So I don't know. There's going to be a lot of soul searching that has to that has to go on. But maybe next year, the They'll Sharks. Be the, yeah, will maybe be next year they're the team of the destiny. team of destiny. But probably not. Sorry. Yeah. Man, speaking of eulogies. <laughs> not yet we got close not, and, and that was sad man it hit me really hard when i saw that the nature boy rick flair wasn't doing well again after a serious health scare two he's years back ago. though he's fine he's, he's back good. he's good it scared us though and i know that you 
He follows me on Twitter, but I've never actually met him. I know that Boys, you've whoa, actually whoa, met whoa, him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Humble brag. Rick, Rick Flair follows you on Twitter? Yeah. I understand you following Rick Flair oh, on he Twitter. he follows me. Why would he? <laughs> <laughs> Why did we not start the podcast with that? I don't that? know. Uh, when, when I noticed Rick Flair followed me on Twitter, I, I may have done a, a little happy dance. Are you me. sure it's not a fake no, Rick Flair? No, it's 100% Rick Flair. We didn't have a blue check verified. He tweeted his bicep today when he got out of the hospital uh, from that account. It's I, a real one. Blue check mark, everything. I'm. Uh, I've never met him. Larry's I'm, met him. I'm stupefied by this. I, know, I just cannot right? believe. What does he want to know? Everything there is to know about the Oakland A's? Because like, pretty he much likes you tweet to stay informed about the Oakland A's, and he loves really stupid screenshots of things because well, that's about all I provide. You do provide that. That's about it. I just. I wow. I know I'm, you like how I slipped that in there. I'm speechless, which rarely happens. All right, so I'll give you my Ric Flair story. Well, there's a few of them because I've seen him at the ESPYs for a couple of years. He wasn't there this past year. But though. what did I tell you when Flair was at the ESPYs and you were there? You said, make sure you talk to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I may have said that too. I said, Larry, if you do not interview Ric Flair at the ESPYs, don't even come home. You did say that I also. Did. I didn't remember that part. I just but he I did. saw Charlotte you Flair. Got him. And Charlotte I was saw there. Charlotte. She was there. We did, we, did, we, did, we did the Immensely interview. Talented. Tremendous entrance into the ring every single week. Um, okay, my uh, Ric Flair story. This is uh, pre-Charlotte because this is back in the day when I was working as a sportscaster in Hawaii. And wrestling was a big deal back then. And so every once in a while you would get the superstar wrestler who would fly into town. And in that case, it was Ric Flair. Nice. And uh, so the promoter uh, called me up and said, hey, you want to do something with, with Flair? And so you know, you could do the, the standard interview. And uh, and then we, we did that. And uh, we were at the Ilikai Hotel, which is a, a famous hotel uh, in Honolulu. And it's where the original uh, Hawaii Five-O scenes were shot uh, on the balcony there, the Lanai. Anyway. So we're at the Ilikai, and I said, hey, um, I kind of got something in mind. I, you know, I don't know if you could play along, but uh, so uh, he says, well, what are you thinking, kid? Because I'm in my, you know, my mid-20s, and you know, Ric Flair is like wrestling god at yeah. that point. And yeah. He's just being nice to me. He's just trying to entertain me. Uh, <laughs> and so I said, well, I, there's this newscaster I work with, and his name is Bob Jones. Can I, I just give you the microphone, and you just make up some story about how much you despise Bob Jones and how you've come to the islands and you want Bob Jones and you're going to take him out and you're going to wait for him after the newscast and you're going to bust him up in the parking lot and this town is not, this island is not big enough for Ric Flair and Bob Jones. And I go through this whole, like, can we do this? Can we do that? And he looks at me and he, and he puts his arm around me and he goes, kid, you know, usually this kind of request would be accompanied with $5,000 in cash. <laughs> you understand what you're asking for, young man? And I, I just like, sorry, Mr. Flair. I didn't mean to ask something like that. And uh, he said, all right, kid, let's do it. So put the camera on him, and he just went off. It was fantastic on Bob Jones. He went crazy Poor on Bob, Bob Jones. Jones. And, and, and it was oh, it was priceless. I I. I'd have to fly back to the archives uh, at uh, the old KGMB Honolulu, now Hawaii News Now, to to dig out that tape. But it was a riot, and he, I mean, he's so good on the he mic. Is. He's such a fantastic performer. Absolute That's, legend. I mean, honestly, one of the greatest to ever live in, in the ring and out. And, man, I mean, we, we saw the documentary. We both sat here watching it oh, in the office. Riveting. 
We are just glued to it when the when the Ric Flair uh, HBO documentary came out. We have to do one if we're if we're gonna do a Ric Flair segment. Woo! Woo! Well, we gotta get that in before we move on. Absolutely. Right. Now you have your news of the week segment, and we've been kind of morbid today. Well, Ric Flair survived. I'm so happy Ric Flair survived. But you know, we were talking about eulogizing the sharks, near death experiences, and then you pull out your news of the day. Right, because I do the news uh, every weekday, <laughs> four o'clock, ABC Seven, San Francisco, uh, Dateline, Washington State. Washington is the first state to allow composting of human bodies. <laughs> <laughs> you heard me right. Why? The state has approved composting as an alternative to burying or cremating human remains. They call it natural organic reduction, which is a nice way. And environmentally friendly, by the way. Yeah. If you, you know, there's a lot of cemeteries that are uh, almost full. I mean, there's more room at the inn. There's no vacancies. So let me get this straight. I want to plant a vegetable garden in my backyard. Do I have to go acquire dead bodies to do so? No, you can do your <laughs> own. But oh, I have to provide my own body. Well, you know, if you have a neighbor that you're not that crazy about. How is this a big enough thing that it, it's it's like... Uh, well, it says right here, composting could be a good option in cities where cemetery land is scarce. It's the urban equivalent to natural burial. And... Uh, there was uh, one official who said, you know, the image that people have that, that oppose this is that you're going to toss Uncle Henry out in the backyard and cover him over with food scraps. <laughs> what? What, 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 what are you doing well, otherwise? No, I mean, well, you can... Uh, I don't get it. ...naturally reduce your <laughs> loved ones and then uh, plant them. But it, it got me thinking that you know, because of this guy's line where he said, "Put uh, Uncle Uncle Henry out in the backyard." You could you can plant. Think about what uh, an interesting promotion at Oracle Park where they have a veggie garden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where they have, if you oh, are the no. ultimate Giants fan, you could be. You could be the veggie garden. You could be the veggie <laughs> garden. I mean, but the thing is, like, do you want when when <laughs> when when Uncle Ned? Ned Stark. Ned Stark. When, when he's compostable mm -hmm. and he's out there at Oracle Park in, in the veggie garden, and then they grab like a tomato from that garden. Do you, do you want, do you want, hmm, it kind of tastes like Uncle Ned. Is there seedless <laughs> tomatoes and toothless tomatoes? Gather around, kids. Yeah, I don't know if I want anything to do with eating compost uh, or plants grown out of compost of dead folks. I don't want to provide the dead folks for the compost. I don't want to pick up the dead folks to put in the compost. I don't know if you can go to Home Depot and just bag a, like get a bag of dead. A bag like of how dead. How does this work? A bag of Ned. Bag of Ned. Bag of Ned. Here's your old bag of Ned. And if you want to be a Giants fan for life, well, yes. There it is. I mean, what other way it could be more significant of your love for the team than saying I want to be composted and out in I don't think the Giants field. want you just hauling you know I want wheelbarrows to, full of people of, over there to be this? buried I want to be buried in dead center oh <laughs> <laughs> where Pablo hits him 
I don't want anything to do with all this. Stuff. All right. That's, okay. that's, 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 this is not a made-up. This is happening in, in the state of Washington. I don't know how it became an issue big enough that they had to actually make a ruling that's on this. my news this story of the week. This is just that's crazy. Tremendous You know what story. else got buried, Larry? <laughs> what you know what else got afraid buried? Afraid to ask. The Game of Thrones finale. Wait, wait, wait. What happened to the buried. question of the week? Let's talk about that. Then, yeah. The question. Yeah, out of order. Out of buried. order. I think there was no way... They could possibly satisfy everybody. Oh, we are talking Thrones? Yes, we're not going to talk about thrones. Super Producer Leonard's question? We're going to get to that last. Okay, that's Leonard's last. Leonard's L for last. last. All right, so everybody has an opinion on this, including the great Aaron Rodgers. You come down to the end and Tyrion says the person with the best story is Bran, <laughs> who, by the way, three episodes ago said he wasn't Bran Stark anymore. No, John had a better story. Danny had a better story. Arya had a better story. Sansa had a better story. Tyrion had a better story. Varys had a better story. Braun, a lot better story. Jamie, better story. Xerxes, probably better stories. Any Baratheon, better story. He's absolutely right. There were so many better options than the way they chose to go out. And I, I, I was not emotional about it, but I thought the entirety of season eight left a lot to be desired. And, and in another soundbite, Aaron Rodgers said, you know, the producers were also writing Star Wars at the same time because they've been signed to do uh, the next Star Wars movie. So he's like, I think they were a little distracted. And rushed. It seemed that they were very rushed. They didn't want to do more than six episodes. I think they shut it down too quickly. We, we probably missed a lot of important plot and things that could have developed or maybe explained some of the things that happened more. You know... After eight seasons, I didn't really mind the finale very much, as much of a lot of other people complained. I was kind of just of the opinion that I wanted to just be along for the ride. So sitting back and watching it, I was okay with it. I thought it was I thought it was all right how it ended. I mean, Bran is a decent selection for the gone, the Iron Throne's gone, but he's he's a decent selection to lead as king. And well, let me ask you about this. I was okay with all of it because. Bran, he he could see the past. He had all the memories, but he could see into the future as well. In so, little flashes. So so Bran was really playing the long game. He knew all along he was going to be the king. Then, or is that what we're saying? I mean, that's the thing. Is like at the end when he's saying goodbye to John, he tells him, "You were exactly where you needed to be," and to to make me the king. Exactly. He didn't say that, but then in the. Uh, in the king's moot they had when uh, Tyrion swayed them to make Bran the leader. Which was an absurd scene, actually. He basically said, why do you think I came all this way? Like, he knew all along. Because I'm, I'm going to be the man. So was he playing everybody this whole time, or did he really know what was truly best for the kingdom and, and acted on that? I don't know. He had so few lines and was omitted from one entire season, it's hard to know <laughs> what his thought process was. But I, I have an alternative ending Okay. Uh, that was suggested. and uh, But before I get to that, let me just say this, and I think we could all agree on this. Peter Dinklage was amazing. I mean, from start to finish, but also just in the final episode. I mean, I thought his performance was just so powerful, especially when he's he's digging out through the rubble trying to find his brother he's and sister. He's trying to find instead. the compost for the garden. Uh, for the, yeah, the, you know what? After the dragon got finished with, with King's Landing, there was plenty of compostable yeah. material right there. They could use uh, that. Char-broiled, actually. 
he he was great, and I thought uh, there was a moment of cinematic brilliance for those that, that saw the final episode when you see the Queen of Dragons oh, walking yes. out to and address the, the troops, and the wings come out from behind her. It looks like she has dragon wings, and it's Drogon, the gigantic dragon that then flies above her, and like whoever conceived of that shot. And creating that because obviously there are no dragons. You got to CGI that, but just the notion that oh, we could do that. We can have her walk and the and the dragon. Was, I thought that was that was fantastic. So for it all was, the misgivings, we still were given things like that. Yes, in the, in the cinematic brilliance. So I mean, you got to take the good with the bad and kind of just enjoy the run. It it probably was a bit rushed, but for what it was, it was nice to be along for the ride. And I'll probably start the show all over from scratch and watch it again. Because I can't even imagine flashing back to season one now after seeing all of this. Yeah. Well, think about this. And this would be the alternate ending. And the notion that, that Tyrion, who was moments away from being decapitated, could talk uh, the council into not only not killing him, but making Bran the Broken as the... First of all... If anybody, I would, if I was Bran, I would have said, if you call me Bran the Broken one more time, yeah. I'm going to tell him to chop your head off right now. I don't, I'm not going to go through the rest of my life as Bran the Broken. All right, that is that's bad branding. Okay, that's if you're the king, <laughs> that is poor branding for Bran. Right? I'm not going to be Bran the Broken. Um, whatever. But beyond that, think about if you went along with this premise that he was going to be the king. Mm-hmm. Remember when. Uh, the Night King, uh, he they he physically touched him and, yeah, marked, and him. marked him and marked yeah. him. They could have reinforced that again a couple of episodes earlier when there was the confrontation when Arya uh, stabbed the Night King and ultimately uh, vanquished the army vanquished of the him. dead. Yeah, they all they all perished. But think about this ending, because if Bran was part Night King and part Bran. Mm-hmm. Think about how the ending would have been if they had wheeled the king out and he just blinked and one eye was brown and one eye was blue <laughs> for the Night King and then you go, oh my god, wait, wait a second, did they just crown the Night King as the King of Kings? It would have just blown everybody's yeah. mind if you're like, going to go... that's your last shot. That's your last that's shot of just the blink. And then everyone's one, just like, one, wait, one, what, one what just blue. happened? Yeah. I mean, that would have freaked people out. Absolutely. And so that that is courtesy of our HR director, Bradley Hoffman, who had way too much. He'd got, I mean, he's got a whole list of scene changes, <laughs> and I just got to the end because otherwise we would be doing an hour-long podcast of scenes that he would like to reshoot. He wrote a George R.R. R. Martin-esque email to Larry. <laughs> yes, yes, And Larry was. paraphrased I, it. I, but I, let's talk about that real quick, too. They weren't working with the source material. Well, right. They George R. R. Martin stopped writing the show, and they had a falling out. So, I mean, he even helped write some episodes. So, you know, to blame them for everything in this final season, it's kind of hard because George R. R. Martin stopped right. providing the source material. So they, it's not all their fault. George should have there's just, a share of blame to go around. Should have just called Bradley Hoffman, and uh, Bradley was sick. yes, like a zillion storylines <laughs> yeah. that he wanted to bang out about who kills who and, a, <laughs> and which scene should take. I mean, here's my manifest. Yes, R uh, R. Uh, George could have benefited from from Bradley's. Bradley would be George H R Martin. <laughs> Very good. Yes, <laughs> human resources. I like that. All right. All right. What do you got? You got a question? question? We got a Leonard right. question here. Leonard, this is like four weeks in a row. Leonard super, hasn't been here. Super producer Leonard 
he may be less than super producer. He we may just have to bust him down to regular producer because when you don't show up week after week, and Here's we had not question. seen, we had not seen the question. I'm holding it up for YouTube. He emailed it to me. I printed it. If you could make your all-star basketball team with players from other sports, who would you choose? Oh, that's a tough one. So oh. we it's, we need to pick five. Well, that's interesting. Five athletes from other sports. I immediately think of NFL players okay. looking at, uh, but I, you know I don't know what their basketball skills are. Like I, I remember uh, Terrell Owens, T.O. Yeah, to this day would tell you that he is a great basketball player. All right, so T.O. makes the team. T well, if he's just just on, <laughs> just on his word alone. What is he power forward? Well, no, we okay, he has to play. He's like, tall. He, he, no, but he's like he's, six three. He's he plays. Swole. He is swole, but he'd play shooting guard or something Let's like that. Let's combine efforts here. All right, I'll I'll go with the center. You ready? Yeah. The center of my other sport all star basketball team is WWE's The Big Show. Oh my goodness! You're never getting around that guy, and he actually did play basketball. Well, a lot of those guys played basketball. Yeah, he was he was a former basketball player. So at center. I'm putting the big show in there. He's going to be like a Shaq-esque type monster oh that God. would would dominate the low post. All right, big so show is big show is your center. Terrell Owens, we just putting him on the team now. To I'm I'm thinking he would want to be the shooting guard. Okay, um, he can also bowl pretty well. He, he's he's actually in amazing shape. He goes to uh, yeah several games uh, Warriors games at Oracle, and he still uh, still looks like he could play. Uh, I got to think about what popped into my mind immediately as you asked the question was we ran some footage today of Antonio Brown streaking oh, down the field yes. for the Raiders in uh, OTAs. He could look like Curry running around the court. I mean, left, right, a bolt all over of the place. lightning. I yeah. mean, that's, uh, you know, I don't know. Does Usain Bolt have any basketball skills? That would be another guy. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to push the pace and go like end to end, Usain put, Bolt would be a guy. Put Brown on the basketball team and then put Bolt on the Raiders. Ooh, that would go. be fun too. That'd be fun That'd to be watch. Fun too. All right, so we're putting are we putting Antonio Brown? Man, we're putting are we it. just going to pick a bunch of wide receivers? Uh, it, well, the Big Show's not a wide receiver. Big Show. No, big you know we got to get uh, some. Uh, was it only football, or we could pick no, any, any sport. sport? Any sport. What about Antonio Gates? Wasn't he a good basketball? Well, he was. Player? Yeah, yeah, he was one of the a, greatest a, tight ends of all time. Antonio Gates would be the. What about? I put him in there. What about a, a soccer player like Messi's too small because he's only like five eight or five nine something like that. How about Ronaldo? Hmm. He could probably shoot with his feet. Now that would add. Is that even legal? I mean, you can't kick the ball you when people are trying to pass that's it. That's defensively can you shoot off. It with it, your foot? I don't think it's ever been tried. Wow. Let's call. Let's let's say Ronaldo's on the team. Okay. So we got the Big Show, <laughs> Ronaldo, T.O. Antonio Brown, uh, Cristiano oh, Ronaldo. We got two Antonios because we put Antonio Gates on there. Okay. All right. All right. You're the go. coach. That's our team. Put. Give them all positions. Well, Antonio uh, Gates is going to play. He's a little undersized to play f power forward, but in this with this team that we have, I think we may be running a three-guard offense with Antonio Brown, uh, Ronaldo, and T.O. Yeah. T.O. That'll be our small to, lineup. Is T.O. going to give up the ball? Is anybody else going to get up a shot? <laughs> T.O. is good. A lot of ISO uh, T.O. Yeah, yeah, on the probably. side. Uh, and uh, Big Show is your center. Antonio Gates is your forward. So we're, we're going to run a three-guard offense. I like that was it. an interesting question. I wish we had more time to really uh, look at rosters and ponder that. But That's the whole beauty of it, though. Leonard Springs, he's on us, and we just have to go off the cuff. There's probably some other guys. Like, Michael Phelps have any basketball in him? I mean, uh, get 
talk about a wingspan. Yeah, just think of all the genetic freaks you could think of and throw them out there. I mean, think of Randy Johnson at 6'10 in his oh, prime yeah. when he was pitching. Yeah. I mean, who's the, the biggest pitcher today, height-wise? Huh. I have to think about that. Yeah. But There's that Chris Young guy that was super tall. Yeah, he was Padres. like 6'10. Yeah. yeah, 6'10, something like that. All right, that's. I think that, that... It's a good place to go out on. That covers it. All right, if you enjoy the show, don't forget to subscribe. We're pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and you can watch us on YouTube. If you're listening, hit the five-star thing. That helps us. Or leave a comment. You can tell me I'm an idiot. That still counts as a comment. <laughs> if you're an Angry Sharks fan, fire away. Yeah. I didn't jinx you, though. That wasn't my fault, Sharks it fans. Just, it just happened. It just Injury, happened. Injuries happened. I was rooting for you. And really again, hard. I ask... Where are we with legal on the giveaways of a Durant jersey and a Steph Curry we have jersey? The jerseys. We're coming up to the finals. We have the paperwork. We're not giving the stuff away. I just away. have to are fill you, it out. Are you hoarding all of these wonderful prizes? I'm that not a lawyer, listeners? nor do I pretend to be one on this podcast. But I have all the legal paperwork. I just have to fill it out. So that's how close I, we are. I believe to giving away jerseys. I believe Casey the Broken <laughs> yeah. has broken into the stash of giveaway items. And that's why we ain't giving them away. They're all in my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us anywhere on well, online as well. abc7news.com slash with authority. And please don't forget to subscribe. That's the most important thing. Don't, don't be calling me Beal the Broken. Beal the Broken? <laughs> that, me- that works If better. I mess up a show, I'll be all the Broken. <laughs> <laughs> First of his name. Yeah. All right. Are we done? We're done. All right. Please subscribe because we need, we want, we hope. You'll join us in the future. And with that, we say aloha. Feel the broken.